You're listening to the PFWC Podcast with me, Carly Compton, a podcast created to help you learn strategies to overcome that bully inside your head, ways to practice self-love, awareness and understanding of eating disorders, how to embrace the body you have been given, and develop a healthy relationship with food, exercise, and most importantly, yourself. Here at the PFWC Podcast, we find it important to create a safe space and a place for individuals to come to learn how to create that lifestyle that works for them. We're dropping comparisons, fighting unrealistic beauty standards, and coming together to show the world that all bodies are beautiful and that healthy looks different on everyone. Sit back, relax, and get ready to grow together. Before we get into today's episode, I want to give a quick trigger warning. We will be talking about suicide, suicidal ideation, suicide attempts. So if any of these topics are triggering to you, I highly recommend skipping over today's episode and listening to any of our other episodes that are available. Other than that, enjoy today's conversation. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the PFWC podcast. I am so excited for today's episode. Buckle up because you're probably going to laugh your ass off. I have been sitting here with Allie Belairs for like the last 20 minutes. We have just been talking and, and didn't even start recording. So we thought we might as well get started. Um, Allie Belairs, I'm so excited to have you today. You're someone who um, I discovered on TikTok and your videos are always hilarious. I'm always sending them to friends. Friends are always sending them to me. I just, I, I love what you're doing. Um, and just to preface when I was talking to Allie on Instagram, she said that she was hoping the energy of this podcast would be drunk at 1am talking in the living room about our mental health journey. So that is honestly, I think that's what I'm going to title it. I think that's what I'm going to title this episode. <laughs> drunk at 1am talk in the living room, talking about our mental health. So Allie, welcome. I'm so excited to have you. Would you mind just telling the listeners a little bit about yourself? Hi guys, it's Allie B. Um, Yeah, so TikTok is how I really got known the most. Um, I own a company, AB Nice Co., where I basically just have merch that talks about mental health in a not so traumatic way. Um, And then I would basically just describe myself as LGBTQ mental health comedy. So the best of all worlds. I love that. I think that's your Instagram bio. (laughs) Comedy. I feel like you know me so well. I do. Oh yeah. I did. I, I did my research. I did my research before this and, um, I won't admit it, but I I'm a little bit like, I do have a little, I'm like a little, a little bit obsessed with you. So that's, Oh (laughs) my God, my heart's going boom, boom, pow. Boom, boom, pow. I love that. Um, well, I'm so excited to have you. I'm so excited to share your humor with the listeners. Um, I'm so excited to talk about how we can sometimes use humor to cope with mental health and, um, how that doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing. So my first question for you is kind of a little bit serious. So we're just going to start, we're going to start off with a serious question. (laughs) No, let's that dive is, deep as I tried to send myself. Yeah. You guys should have seen her. She like just did a hand, like a hand motion. And then her face just went completely emotionless. She went serious. Um, have you struggled with mental health for most of your life? Like majority of your life? Yes. Yeah, so the first time that I tried to bada goodbye myself was when I was 13 years old, maybe. And mm-hmm. so it's been over a decade now, um, mm-hmm. which is sad to think about, but it's, it's really become something that was so much different than it was in my youth. And mm-hmm. now it's like, than it is now in my twenties and kind of figuring out how to cope with it and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. What's that? What does that difference look like? If you like could explain it? Um, so I think just in general, my heart goes out to anyone who is young, like as young as I was, who was struggling with it. Um, but when you're so young like that, there's not a lot about your life that you can change, Mm -hmm. you know, like whether it's because I feel like now if I'm in an environment where I don't feel loved and I don't feel great about myself, I can quit everything and I can drop Mm -hmm. it and I can move. Mm -hmm. Um, but when you're struggling with 
depression and those thoughts when you're so young, it's like you're, you still have the same routine. You go to school, you know, you get home from school, you try to make it through the day, you wake up the next day and you do it again. You might go to a freaking basketball practice and bounce some balls, but you know, same battle until you're out of school and you have an opportunity. Mm -hmm. Um, I would just say now it's so much easier because of that, because I can leave, because I can, you know, and just when I was younger, I think I was almost embarrassed to have depression. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, I have such a great life. I have a great family. I have people who love me. You know, I wasn't ever, <laughs> there wasn't ever, excuse me, a time where I needed a meal and I didn't get it. Yeah. Um, and so I was so confused. I was just, com- I didn't know what was going on, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And now it's like depression is just a shitty roommate. You know, she doesn't pick up after herself some days and some days she just stays in bed all day. Mm -hmm. Um, And other days she's like making a cake for three hours to try to make herself happy. (laughs) So it's, it's just a different journey. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, definitely. And I'm, I'm curious, like what, what kind of kept you going at the age of 13? Like, what was it that helped you to get through, to get through those feelings? You're smiling. Is that, is that a hard question? (laughs) No, uh, I, it makes me feel old when oh. I think about it like that. I don't, I like can't remember yesterday. So sometimes so oh, trying yeah. to put myself in the mind of me at 13, yeah. I'm like, yeah, um, no, but I think, I think that it was just some days it was just the hope that it wasn't going to be like this forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and some, I think that actually when I was younger, I relied a lot on other people, which is not good. Mm-hmm. Um, but other people to kind of give me that happiness, even if it was just in one moment of like, I need you to come over so that I can be happy for a minute. It was, it was awful because people leave and people pass away and you move states mm-hmm. um, and you can't rely on anyone to take care of your mental health except for you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's why I struggled a lot too, especially when you're young, those friendships just fade and you fight, you know? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. And I'm curious, like what, like, how did you get to that place where you didn't feel as, um, like ashamed? Like I, I totally understand that feeling of like being ashamed of what you're experiencing, especially at such a young age. Um, I work with a lot of clients who are adolescents, middle school, high school, who are, you know, going through this stuff who are like, none of my friends are experiencing this. No one in my family has experienced this. Like, I don't know who to talk to. I don't know. Like, and there's a lot of shame associated with that. So I'm curious, like, did you find, did you find people within your friend group or did you, did you do, you know, reach out to community? Like, what did that look like in terms of navigating that shame? So when I um, tried to commit the first time, I actually had to go to therapy or I couldn't go back to school. Yeah. And my first therapist, horrible. It was this guy. And I just lied because I was, t- I felt like I got caught in the act, mm-hmm. you know? And he was like, you can't go to school unless you tell me the truth. So I was like, I was just really stressed out about homework. And I, I always hate myself for that because I don't think it's his fault. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, I wish there was, it was deep in the South too. So I feel like, yeah. um, I wish there was like a little bit more of like, I wish I would have kept going, but I was, I was almost more ashamed after that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think that, yeah, you grow up and you meet, you meet more friends. I think that was the hardest part for three years. Probably I just stuffed it all down, mm-hmm. you know, but it's so important to start a conversation about like with like my family never talked about it. You're exactly right. And, you know, moms, a lot of mothers are going through postpartum and I'm sure my mom had four kids. I'm sure when she popped one of those things out, she had a little bit of it, you know, but I never, I never knew. And I think just opening up that, (laughs) excuse me, gate and having that conversation is so important for younger generations and older generations. Definitely 100%. And I, yeah, I relate to that as well. Cause even like recently, um, within like the last couple of years, just being more open about my experience, like eating disorder, body image, all of that stuff. And having my mom share with me stuff that she had experienced, like growing up for her and even like as a mom. And I feel like I'm like, why did you never say any of this? Like when, you know, like share any of this earlier, but then obviously there's shame associated for her. Like she, 
I feel like that's also a generation where they're not, they are definitely not as open about, yeah, they are not as open about talking about their feelings or what they've been through or anything like that. And I think that it's that shame. There's still a lot of shame associated to mental health for them. And I even working with parents being like, no, your child is like really struggling. Like this is not something that they're making up. This is not something that is fake. Like this is like a real, a real thing that your child is experiencing. And I need you to believe me. I need you to believe your child. Like, I think that's, that's like a big hurdle to get over. I think it's heartbreaking. Um, I posted a TikTok the other day, just talking about like people that will say, my child is doing this for attention or like to young kids just saying they're doing this for attention. If attention is what a child needs to stay another day, why would you not give them every bit of yours? You know, it it makes me so sad Mm -hmm. um, because I'm lucky. I'm lucky that I had a family that cared enough to check in as soon as I, you know, I mean, obviously I survived, Mm -hmm. which I'm thankful for now, but like they checked in and they didn't stop checking in. And I don't think they know what they really knew what to say because your child is so young, you know, it's like, what did I do? And it's, it's nothing they did, yeah. you know, but to have a family that was there and just giving me time to talk when I needed to, um, a huge blessing. Yeah. Super super nice. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'm glad. I'm so glad you had that. I think another part of that too, is like this fear. And we hear this with like, sex education. And I hear this with like eating disorder education. It's like, well, if we don't talk about these things, then they're not going to know about it. I think a lot of people don't want to. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't want to start that conversation because they're scared. It will almost make people have those feelings. Uh Like if you talk about depression, maybe your kid is going to say that they have depression. But when you are taking the time to educate somebody on something, it's never a bad thing. They can only know more than they knew. Exactly. Exactly. And when it, when it happens and those feelings come up, they have an understanding of like actually what it is that they're feeling and they, they have words to associate with their feelings because they've they've been taught what these feelings are, what they can look like. Um, and I think that can also remove the shame, right? When you're in a family, when you're raised in a family, that's talking about depression, that's talking about eating disorders and body image, you don't feel that sense of shame associated with bringing it up to your family because you've talked about it already. So you can kind of say, Hey, I'm experiencing this and hope that, you know, they're in a, a, have a supportive system around them that will that will help them in that I agree yeah I agree completely which is why I think that um you know a lot the the conversation will come up about what should schools do when it comes to this kind of stuff and um I think that some families just simply aren't educated on it and sometimes going to school and talking to your friends who are also struggling Mm -hmm. is a great thing but there has to be an aspect where there's education being involved mm-hmm. of not just feelings, but like, what, why are these feelings happening? How do we get past these feelings? How do we grow, you know, cope? Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I think back to like, when I was in school, there was so much emphasis on like dare, like, like <laughs> combating drug use <laughs> and everything. And I'm like, well, I'm sure there's like a very important aspect to that. There should have been mm-hmm. the same amount of emphasis on, on depression, on, you know, suicidal ideation, like all of that, like that eating disorders, body image, like all of those things that tend to be like pretty prevalent within middle schoolers and high schoolers. Um, and so that always blowed my mind. I was always like, wow, we have put so much emphasis on bringing like dare officers in, but we're not like talking about any of these other, these other aspects. Um, I'm from a very small town in the Midwest. You're from where? Virginia, small town in Virginia. Okay. Okay. So probably very similar vibes. Um, (laughs) and, and we didn't even have like sex education. We just had like how to remain a virgin, like how to not have sex, why to not have sex. One of my teachers was like a pastor in high school. And I'm like, this should be not allowed. Like, I'm like, they're 
should be something illegal here. <laughs> Absolutely. Especially when you get into LGBTQ sex ed. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, like this is, this is a huge passion of mine, just about how a lot of LGBTQ youth, especially growing up in the South, they would not touch that subject. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you for, you're kind of forcing LGBTQ youth to figure it out on their own, which means you're more, you're more likely to try to learn from somebody who's older. Mm-hmm. You know, you're more likely to learn through doing, Yeah. you know, now we have Google. I mean, thank God, but yeah. I just still think that if you would have people who were putting dental dams in sex ed, maybe it would help a little bit. 100%. And I think also that the concept of like, like, LGBTQ individuals also experience like mental illness at a higher rate. So it's like, there's, there's two really important concepts that you're missing here that are being like avoided. I I think that when you're younger too, it just, it starts with the fact that number one, therapy isn't very affordable for everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, and guidance counselors, they try, but it's like, have you ever been to a guidance counselor? They're just like shoving their salad down their throat during the break. They have no time. It's too many Usually I feel like when I think of a guidance counselor, I think of like grades. I think of like someone who helped me get into college. (laughs) Right. Right. To help you with that essay. But I do, I think that, um, when, if we started helping kids get into therapy at young ages and kind of normalizing it, I felt like I was in trouble when I got sent to therapy. And I guess in a way I was because they were like, you're, you can't hang yourself. And I was like, okay, well, I didn't technically, Yeah. you know, but I felt like I was in so much trouble. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's not that therapy is such a beautiful place to go and speak and say what's on your mind. And they don't get to judge you because HIPAA bitch, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they can't tell anyone. They can't like, there's literally nothing they can do with that information, but sit with it. <laughs> right. You know, unless, unless, you know, they have to report it because there's, you know, your life's at risk, you know, go into all the confidentiality stuff. But, you know, other than that, yeah, I always tell people, like, especially my younger clients, it's like, I'm, I can't tell your friends. I can't tell your parents, like this is between us and if you want to sit here and stare with me, stare at me and play with a little gadget for your whole session, that's what we're going to do. Because if that just means that you're going to be here and like, at least share with me one thing, then at the end of the session, I'm happy because you shared one tiny aspect with me. And if that's all you got in you, perfect. We'll try again next session. Right. And I, I think that, um, people don't understand how beautiful it is to be able to go to that place and not because like when you're younger, it's like you almost say things sometimes. So it'll get back to the person that you're talking about. Yeah. Or like maybe you don't say something because you're scared that rumors are going to spread. And this is a person that you pay mm-hmm. in order to dump your trauma on them and to, exactly. you know, who is literally paid to help you deal with your shit. Mm-hmm. And it's Definitely. nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, I, yeah, no, I totally agree, which I think is why, yeah, like, schools here, at least in Southern California, there's been a more, there's been more emphasis on mental health specialists within schools. So not counselors, technically not guidance counselors, but specific like social workers or therapists who are hired by the school who, who are pretty much like therapists on campus. And so it's like, that needs to be everywhere. Like every school, every state, all over the place type of thing, because it is a specific place for mental health. It's, it's different when like counseling can be mental health, but also some like, look, this is what your grades look like. It's like, okay, I don't want to talk about my grades. I want to talk about the fact that I very suicidal right now, you know, right. like there, there's, there needs to be two different roles there. Needs to be more and needs to be everywhere. Um, I think too, it's like the, the people that you don't look at a lot are like men. Mm-hmm. And I think women go through a lot and you're, you know, you don't hear me talk about men a lot, but yeah. I think yeah. that where I grew up, like if a man, like if one of the country boys who just brought their Ford F-150, 9,000 millimeter, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, if they were caught talking about their feelings, like there, there were guys in my class who passed away. And I just think that you have to give people a safe place 
to go and talk about these issues because sometimes it's not safe to talk to your friends. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's not safe to talk to your parents. Like it's, Mm -hmm. you need to have a place where you can go and it can be about you when you're young, because I think a lot of kids don't get that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Completely like unbiased person who is literally just going to sit there and listen to you talk and provide you with validation and empathy and skills that help you navigate that those feelings that you're experiencing. Yeah, definitely. 100%. We had kind of going back to the 40th warm 50, we had, um, <laughs> we had staple drive- of the South, baby. <laughs> we had, um, drive your tractor to school day. <laughs> Traumatizing. Did you have that? Oh, oh, we had it every damn Friday. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, ours wasn't that often, but we did have drive your tractor to school day. And I remember I would get so annoyed because I would get, I would drive. I didn't live on a farm. My family was not farmers. I would get stuck behind like five tractors on my way to school. And I'm like, this is stupid. I hate this so much. Like, what is this? Like a, a fair and everyone's just taking their, their tractors and they're going to get like ribbons for whoever has the, ba- the best, <laughs> the best tractor. Everybody's got their daddy's tractor. Yeah. yeah. I'm, like, I'm like in my mommy's BMW. I'm yeah. like, okay. <laughs> I'm driving like, my Chevy Impala gold that, yeah. I'm just like, excuse me. I don't really care about your tractors. Just want to get to school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, anyways. So kind of going out of more serious talk, um, and into comedy for you, humor for you, like you, you're a comedian, you're a really great comedian. You are seriously so funny. And I'm curious, like, when did that become like, do you remember the first time in which that was something that you, (laughs) do you remember the first time you made a joke and people clapped? Do you remember the first time you made a joke and it just completely would like no one responded and it was just silence? <laughs> no, I tried to shove that down and forget it. I, yeah, I'm I glad don't want to bring can't. that up. I don't want to bring that up. I don't want to trigger you. I don't <laughs> um, but do you remember the first time you used humor like to get through any sort of like mental health or like negative feelings that you were experiencing? Um, yeah, absolutely. So just from the jump, I think my mom always said that I was a hilarious child. I think I was an attention whore because I had three older brothers who were bigger than me. So I really had to make an impact, you know, to be seen. Mm -hmm. Um, but honestly, when I, when I, so the first time I tried to commit, it was, I was trying to hang myself. Mm -hmm. Um, and I remember holding it next to me and looking in the mirror and like putting out that emoji face. I was like, just to see what I would look like. And it's like, are you fucking kidding me, bitch? Oh you can't gosh. even, yeah. And so I think, I think that um, I'm, I'm just goofy, which just sucks because it's like, I'm so silly and fun and happy, except for the, pa- except for the fact that I'm absolutely depressed. Yeah. You know, it's really unfortunate for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it, it all comes down to that. I don't ever want anyone to feel the way that I have felt. Like you hear these stories about the guy who jumped off the Brooklyn bridge and just wanted one fucking person to wave to him, yeah. you know, and nobody did. And so I remember just like going out and when I would be around people, I just would want to say like, I want to make sure that if this, ever, like nobody feels like they weren't noticed by me today. Mm-hmm. Like I want everyone to feel like they were noticed by somebody and they are important. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. <laughs> no, I love that. I think that's so powerful. I think that that's like it is so life-changing for so many people and I think that's something that we tend to like forget about and I'm that type of person too who and I this might be like a Midwest thing and I think <laughs> it <laughs> I think people here in like Southern California like my friends here are like, what are you doing? Cause I'm like waving at like outside my car window at people who let me go by. I'm like, Oh my God, thank you so much. Like the Midwest wave or I'm smiling. You like kiss, you kiss your Starbucks barista. You're like, give me, come here. <laughs> thank you so much. Can I give you a little smooch? 
Um, yeah. And I think that's the Midwest in me. And it's funny because every time my, like my mom will come to visit or something, um, like actually the other day she was in town and this is just an example of, of the difference between here and there is like, uh, we were walking past someone who lives in my apartment complex, but I noticed she had headphones in and she wasn't like looking at, like, she wasn't looking up. She was holding something and she was looking down. And I just gave, like, my mom was behind me and we were walking into my apartment and I just gave her like this girl, like a small little, like smile, like a smirk. Just I know the one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want her to look at me and me just be like no reaction or something. So it's just a little smirk. And then my mom, <laughs> my mom is behind me. <laughs> my mom goes, hi, and, like super like <laughs> like hi and then the girl didn't respond because she had headphones in and she didn't hear my mom and we got in my apartment my mom goes why didn't you say hi to her I said mom she had her headphones in and I smirked at her and I knew she wasn't going to hear me and and I said did she respond to you and my mom's like no and I said yeah because she didn't hear you (laughs) I love moms I love them but she was just like that that's what I think of when you when you talk about that is that that just like the smallest little smile or even just like eye contact with someone, like just say like looking, making eye contact with someone and just like smiling or saying like, hi, or you just like the smallest little thing where it's not hard to do. And that person could walk away being like, oh, wow. That was like the first time anyone has like smiled at me all day. Yeah. I think it's, it's good because it's free. It costs you nothing to be nice. Um, I also, I think it's small things too. Like, instead of saying, thank you, just saying, I appreciate you. Yeah. Yeah. I think people get so used to the thank yous and please, and I think it's still nice, but just here, I, when I tell people, instead of thank you, I say, I appreciate you. People will stop. Cashiers have stopped. Baristas have stopped Mm -hmm. and said, thank you so much for saying that. I appreciate you for saying that. Mm -hmm. And that to me is how you make, you make a change. Yeah. 100%. And yeah, 100%. And I think that's such an easy, like change to make. It's like, just practice saying, I appreciate you instead of thank you. Like, I think that I just have to go ahead. I was going to say, just don't be that person who doesn't say anything. Like, don't be that person who's just like, walks up to your barista orders, thumbs up. Yeah. Thumbs up. Thanks. Yeah. And then walks away. I think there, I think there's days where like I have been that person and I just hate myself for it, you know, like, cause when you can hardly get yourself out of bed and then you finally do, and then you're just like miserable to everyone around you. That's why I say sometimes you need to stay in bed, babe. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes you need to stay there for three days if you need to. Yeah. If that is that, if that's a safe space for you, if you have like, you have food, you have water, you have like your needs are being met stay there. Like it is totally okay. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, there's no shame. Stay in bed for however long you need till you get out of this slump and then get up and go take on the world. Yeah. I agree. Um, okay. So comedy for you is, is humor for you has kind of been something that you've just, you've just been funny, like most of your life. And yeah. Yeah. And has it been recent that you, well, I mean, recent in terms of like TikTok, right? Like your TikTok kind of blew up. How long ago? I feel like it's like COVID time, 2020, 2021. Yeah. Yeah. COVID time. Yeah. Yeah. So 2020, 2021, you started like utilize, like using TikTok as like an outlet to, you know, create humorous content. But also I feel like at the same time, content that was some sort, like raising some sort of like awareness around something. Like, I feel like there, there's times where you like buying your car, right? This, all this content that you've been making about buying a car. (laughs) It's like, that's funny to watch because it's so realistic. Like everyone has been like, almost everyone's been in that position where you're like, I don't want to talk to a car salesman ever again in my life. A man. I feel like I'm being taken advantage of. Like I feel like I walk in and they stare at me and they're like, oh, we can we can charge her triple because she's not gonna <laughs> know any difference. Right. 
And then I feel like other, you know, then you also have other content where it's, it's like LGBTQ focused. Like there's more, a lot, like a lot, a lot of meaning behind your content. Um, but how long has it been since you've been practicing like comedy regularly? Uh, uh, like writing stand up. Yeah. Like you, like you're doing, like you're doing more stand up now, right? Uh huh. Yeah. So starting to do stand up. Um, I have just since we moved to Pittsburgh, I think I really started thinking about it. I always thought like I look like the ginger fucking Allen. Like I could be just the ginger fucking Allen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I w- I will say with my content, one thing that I don't think people understand is I am depressed. Like yeah. I have I'm very optimistic and mm-hmm. like I'm funny. But that's what I love about it because people look at depression like it's always just you sitting in your bed and your room is packed. And some days it is that. Some days depression looks like that. Some years depression has looked like mm-hmm. that for me. Mm-hmm. But day to day, depression is just like a little annoying thing that's in my pocket. And some days it wants to get on my shoulder and talk to me. But other days I can just slide it right in there and tell it to shut the fuck up, you know? Yeah, I love um, that. Yeah. And so I think that just incorporating that, I want to normalize it. I want to normalize being gay. I want to normalize slaying, you know, it's like, I can, I am all these things. I am so many things. I I have depression, but I'm also a great wife. Mm -hmm. I have depression, but I'm, I'm a great friend. I'm funny, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think that when you make your content, just depression, that's fine. And I love that because nonetheless, it's still spreading awareness, but I want to, I want people to understand that this person that I am is all of those things. I am not just one. I am all of them together, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And I think that also like gives people hope, like people who are experiencing depression, maybe for like the first time, like they see someone like you that is experiencing depression, but is also still doing all of these other things. That's also still able to like wake up and, and smile some days and also understanding like there doesn't, that expectation doesn't always have to be there. And you can, you can spend days in bed if that's how you're feeling. But I think that that gives people hope to know like, okay, I can, I can live with this diagnosis. Like I can, I can figure out a way to navigate this on a daily basis and still do the things that I love and that are important to me because I think that's something I hear so much from clients is that once they find out that they have this diagnosis of like depression, they just assume that a lot of other things in their life are going to like end or they're they're not going to be able to do certain things. And I'm like, no, you can still do all of these things. It might look different every day. It might look different every second, every minute, but you can, you can still do these things and find, find those coping skills that help you to, to just navigate that, those feelings on a daily basis. Right. I think, yeah, I think that that's a big help is just like, honestly, just finding things. And some days it's so fucking stupid. Some days it's literally just going outside and a stranger waves at you and you think there's not that much to be depressed about, you know, it's like, we can get through our day. Uh Um, I just, it's about finding new things to kind of get yourself through the day. And sometimes you don't have to worry about it. And some days it's a goddamn battle. Mm -hmm. Um, but you make, I mean, winning it every time. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So from there you have your brand and is, is, is that what your shirt is? Yes. 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 So her shirt says, I'm glad you're here for anyone. Um, you're listening to this, so you can't actually see us, but, um, that's what her shirt says. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I'm glad you're here. And then you have the cute boobies, like the Halloween. Thank you. (laughs) Triple A's. That's cute boobies. Um, your, your Halloween shirt, which I think is so cute. And I'm curious, like, how did you, how did you come up with that concept? Like those bees that are on your boobs, but it's boo as in like Halloween boo. It's like a lot of different layers and they're flashing their boobies. They're flashing. Yeah. There's like a lot happening there. I'm, I'm a fucking 
genius. And when I say that, I mean that my wife is a fucking genius. Your wife did it. Your wife did it. Holland really, Holland really, I was, so when I first started TikTok, I think I had like 400,000 friends at this point. And um, everyone was like, you need to make merch. You need to make merch. But I didn't want a company that was like Ali Belair. I think that's so self-absorbed, Yeah. you know? Yeah. And so I was really scattering my brain and my wife comes out and she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like trying to think of a name. And she's like, A, B, not, because I have it double tatted on me. Um, be nice on both of my wrists. Oh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And I'm A, B, Ali B. Uh-huh. So it's A, B. Ali B, nice company. And I was like, you're a woman. <laughs> you're a genius. That is absolutely incredibly smart. And then the and then the um handwriting for I'm glad you're here is actually Holland's handwriting. She writes in all caps. Oh no, I know I'm crying. Me too. <laughs> hey, I'm fucking crying. <laughs> Me too. No, but I think I <laughs> I love so are those the only two I didn't I'm gonna be honest I didn't have a chance to like look at the website to see like what what you guys sell um but (laughs) please don't apologize (laughs) is it that design and then the boobies and then what what other stuff do you have so boobies is just seasonal um I have I had starting out it was like be a nice human Mm -hmm. um Tito's and pre-workout but now I'm sober I've been sober for seven months, so don't really sell that anymore. Um, And then I have this Hey Friend hoodie, which I love. It's on the back of the hoodie, and it just says, Hey Friend, whatever weight you're carrying, I hope it gets a little bit easier to carry. I'm proud of you for making it this far, because I think that's something that people do not talk about, is that you are going to struggle, queen. Mm -hmm. Okay, king. Okay, non-binary. You know, whoever you are, wherever you are, there will be moments that you struggle and you go through things. Um, And telling somebody like, I'm sorry that happened. I just think it's so beautiful to say, I hope whatever weight you're carrying gets easier to carry. Mm -hmm. Because like somebody who lost a child, that does not get easier. But that mama and that daddy or those moms or those they, them pronoun parents, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they are going to get stronger and they're going to figure out how to carry it. You know, they're going to figure out how to get through the day. And so that's a big one for me. That's like one of my favorites. I love that. And I think it's like, it's incredible to put on the back of a hoodie because then people like you're going to, you're going to cross paths with some, like so many people when you're out and about and they're going to read, even if it's not the whole entire back of your sweatshirt, but even if it's just like a small snippet of whatever the back of your sweatshirt says, I think it goes back to that same concept that we were talking about earlier about like smiling at someone or just saying like, I appreciate you. It's just sending that message to anyone who reads it and allowing them to like, take it for whatever it's like, take it for whatever it's worth for them and whatever they're experiencing. My wife loves it because she will not like she, if, if Holland said to somebody, I appreciate you, they'd probably be like, what did you say? And Holland would be like, oh, I, I appreciate you. Like to her barista and her barista would be like, oh, I'm sorry. I just cannot hear you. And she's like, okay, sorry. <laughs> okay, sorry. She's really quiet. And she, yeah. So she loves it because it's like, she doesn't, she says a huge statement without having to say anything at all. Just letting people know that she is a lovely person. She's just also very socially anxious. <laughs> I relate to that. Yeah. There's times when I, I feel like I've been in situations too, where I've said something to someone and it was, it took a lot for me to even say it to begin with. And then, (laughs) and then you say it and they're like, (laughs) sorry, what? Okay. And I'm like, it's fine. Just forget it. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's, I feel like it's almost worse for me because like, I'm the type of person I will not stop making you say it until I hear it. Like, I want to know so bad. And the the more you go, it's like the fifth time. And I'm like, please, I promise. I just want to know so bad. And they're like, no, don't even worry about it. Yeah, yeah, 100%. It's like that TikTok trend. What was that or that sound? And it was... Oh, what was it? He was like saying something, and then the the someone responded with, 
I'm sorry, what? And they were just like, it's fine. Like, I don't, I'm just not worth it. Are you, are you a big TikToker? Oh yeah. Are you big on the TikTok? I'm, I'm not big on the TikTok. I have like, I have like 20, uh, TikTok hates me. Um, <laughs> TikTok hates me. Instagram really hates me right now. Like I, I have never been so frustrated with two platforms in my entire life in terms of like growth, in terms of just like reaching new people. Like my, I went through a, like, it's a lovely relationship with TikTok, we'll say, right? Like I am a, like, I talk a lot about body image. I talk a lot about self-love and self-worth and like, I talk about eating disorder, like recovery and growing into a larger body and how you can like accept that body and love that body. And TikTok doesn't like when individuals in larger bodies are confident. Um, Mm -hmm. So I've been shadow banned multiple times. I've had my account like flagged. It actually is currently flagged. Um, One more violation in my account is removed. Okay. When, when do we start marching at midnight or when? Yeah. Yeah. It's so (laughs) annoying. And then Instagram's kind of going through the same thing right now. It's just like a lot of, there's a lot of, and, and same with like LGBTQ creators, like black creators, um, disabled creators, like there's a lot of shadow banning that happens on these platforms that is so incredibly annoying that it's like I'm posting something that someone else in a conventionally attractive body is posting like literally the same exact thing and my video gets maybe 200 views and their video if it even gets posted like before Instagram has it like removed and their video has hundreds of thousands millions of views and it's like you literally are making it so obvious right it's just giving into the same thing that that always gives into I just I think that TikTok is so tough and TikTok it's sad now because I think that it used to be Instagram where it was like how many Instagram likes do you get and now it's so TikTok yeah um definitely and it's just it's tough on the mental it's tough on the mental yeah especially when like For me, a lot of my, like I, a lot of my work, my job is Instagram and working with brands and doing all this stuff. And so when I'm in this place now where I'm posting a reel and it's getting like 200 views and last week I posted a reel and it got 50,000, like it doesn't, it really doesn't make a lot of sense. And so it feels, it's a very exhausting place to be in because you lose a lot of your like motivation to create anything. Like you're like, why would I spend time making something when I know that it's just going to like not be seen by anyone? (laughs) Yes. See, like I, I hate the red flag videos. It's my least favorite thing to do ever but they get so much traction and people always miss them. But I hate, I hate them because yeah. it's not real. Yeah. You know, they're not real flags. It's just me. It's, and I know people are seeing the video and sending it directly to the person who is the red flag. I feel like, like if, if the police came and knocked on my door, they could arrest me because okay. I am practically the reason why they're communicating with their ex. Like oh, I hate yeah. being that person. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's a hard, that's a hard, um, it's a, it's, it's hard to find that balance between like, am I creating this like authentically or am I creating this because I know this is going to be like a viral video. Right. And I think that that's something that's not talked about enough on social media is like, there is a lot of like inauthentic stuff being created there's a lot of like inauthentic creators who I'm like I don't do you really like care about this or is this just like a buzzword right now and I think I see that a lot in the body positivity community there's a lot of like body positivity that term blew up and it was all of a sudden everyone was body positive and it was like every creator was posting videos squeezing their bellies and like sitting down and showing their like belly rolls and and 
stuff like that. And it's like sad because I'm like, that's not, that is not at all what this was even created for. Like this community body positivity was, was made for like fat black individuals. And now it's just been overrun by small. I know the ones. Oh, yeah. I know the ones. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, I think you hate to see it happen. Um, I, I think it's more about like, what can you do? Cause like my platform, I hate thinking that people do not know that I am like, people will come on my lives and be like, are you, are you fat phobic? Are you homophobic? Are you racist? And it's like, I would hope that the energy and the vibe that my page gives off would make you scream hell no. When you yeah. think of me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do. I think that you have, there's certain things that you have to do. And there's certain things that you have to talk about. Like, I don't do a lot of brand deals mm -hmm. because the brands that will reach out to me and it's like thousands of dollars, yeah. but you go to their page and it looks like a fucking polo Ralph Lauren commercial or something. It's just like, yeah. bitch, yeah. do we have any, do we know anyone with any flavor? We have any you diversity. Know? Have you heard of the term diversity before? <laughs> Right. I mean, let's show me a little something, you know, so I would work with those companies and then I'll send them basically this paragraph that says, um, I just like to know that the companies that I work with, like align to my values. Can you show me examples of how you work with POCs and LGBTQ communities? Mm -hmm. And then they'll send like an, they'll like send like one like person who's mixed. And I'm like, what is going on right now? Yeah. Like, look, here's our one person, our one person of inclusion, our one person that we used in this one ad when, when being inclusive was, was, was this buzzword for brand. But you can, you can, I think you can feel and you can see when people aren't being authentic and that's okay. I think that there's plenty of videos, like a bunch of YouTubers, the ones who do like cheating on my wife pranks. Oh my it's God. like, oh my God. is that like, I mean, you can hate, but like, what are they're wiping their tears with what a million dollars cash? Are you fucking so kidding money. me? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, there's a crowd that likes inauthentic, inauthentic content and that's okay. You know, that's perfectly okay. Go to your crowd. Yeah, um, I just don't want to be known for that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think a big part of it too, is being able to like, in some capacity, like remove yourself from the numbers like and trying to just get back to but that can be a hard thing to do when it's like part of like your income but I think that like trying to be like okay why why do I choose to show up every day why do I make content who do I do this for right and like okay I'll make this video and I'm gonna post it and I'm, and and if one or two people see it and they like resonate with it then I'm happy and sometimes I have to like remind myself of that of like this isn't this wasn't made to go viral. Yeah. It's really great when something goes viral and it, it's good to know that people like your content in that capacity, but also like there, there's going to be people who see it, even if that's one or two people who are going to resonate with it and be like, Oh, like I, I, I feel this. And I'm like, okay, that has to be enough. Sometimes. I think that sometimes I almost miss it when I didn't get all those views because I felt like I had such a friendship. Like there were people that I would get on to live and I would ha be having conversations with and I knew where they lived and I knew about their family, like, you know, and we shared stories with each other. And I would do like Zoom meetings with like 50 people in it and we would just talk for hours. Yeah. Um, and so sometimes I miss that because now you, I just get like those spam comments. I hate when it goes viral because I get a spam. It's like not worth the 50 fucking dollars <laughs> with like a hundred people just being like, okay, dyke. And I'm like, hey. Hey. I, wasn't, I wasn't even talking about that. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. Love you too. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's usually my reaction to hate comments too. It's like, a, oh, hi, little <laughs> I'm glad you made your presence known. Now I know you're here. Like, no, I think it's it's a crazy mentality to me because I simply, if I hated a video so much, I mean, it's like, you never saw me comment once on Andrew Tate's stuff. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's like, yeah. I can simply disagree with people. 100%, yeah. And the fact that people will see my video that's like, 
I did a hashtag fucking comedy, bitch. Like, you know, I'm trying to make a joke right now. Yeah. And like to see people just be like, that is not funny. I'm like, okay. You are so fucked up. I can't believe you would say something like that. Uh, You're like, yeah, I'm, yeah, I am fucked up. Thank you so much. I d- thank you for noticing. Um, I do think that sometimes I worry because if I was like on, having a really tough day and I saw one of my videos about like me, quote unquote, joking about suicide, which is not, I'm joking about my experience with suicide, then I'd be pissed too. Because when you're in that moment, everything fucking hurts. You're looking for any reason to leave. You're not looking for a reason to stay. You're looking for reasons to go for something to push you over the edge. And it makes me sick to my fucking stomach Mm -hmm. thinking about that. But I do think, I think that... Yeah. Um, the main, the main point is that we spreading awareness about it, mm-hmm. you know, and hopefully people can get to a stage where they're not like that. The advice that you give somebody who has depression versus somebody who is suicidal right now yeah. is very different. And I wish I could make, but anytime you post a video about like actually being suicidal, it gets taken down, yeah. but it's so important to note that difference of that. I am living with depression right now. Currently I'm not suicidal. You know, I haven't been in a while. So my advice for what your situation is, is going to be so different. Yeah, definitely. You know, definitely. And that's where it's like, if you're in that, in that state of being like having suicidal ideation, it's like, maybe don't get all of your support from TikTok and maybe, maybe log off, let's log off (laughs) for a second. And like, let's, let's, you know, talk to someone in person that we feel safe around or call our therapist or something like that. Right. It's like that. Put yourself in that wee woo van. Yes. 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 100%. Um, you have, I think, yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. I could go on and on and on and on and on for so long with you. Um, (laughs) this has been such a fun conversation. Um, I think it's also been, I think it's also going to be helpful for a lot of people to just be able to hear how to, how to navigate that space and understanding, like there can be times where humor, like comedy and humor can be used, but also there's times when you have to recognize what it is that you're actually feeling and reach out and get support. And there, I always like to tell people and remind people that they're there are people who want to help you. There are people who want to support you. And I know that being in that place of depression or just like anxiety or any, any sort of mental illness can feel very, very lonely and very isolating. Um, and I always like to remind people that there are people who want to, to support you. There are people who want to help you. There are professionals who want to listen, who want to help you get through that. And, um, if that is a reminder that any listener needed today, take that, let me reach out. If you need resources, I'm happy to provide (laughs) any resources that you need. Um, but to wrap it up, Allie, where can our listeners find you? Like where, where can we follow along and support you and like take in your, your humor? You can follow me first name, Allie Belairs on all social media. I think A-L-I-B-E-L-L-A-I-R-S and then AB Nice Co is my company. But honestly, you guys just being here is perfectly enough. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. Oh, I love that. And I'll put everything in the show notes. Um, I am going to definitely check out a Be Nice Co because I feel like I want to get that hoodie um, to wear around everywhere. Thanks, <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, and then listeners, if you, if you resonated with anything in this episode, please feel free to leave a rating or review. It is super helpful for the podcast. Um, we really appreciate it. We really appreciate you being here. We are happy you are here. Um, you are loved, you are, you are seen, and we are here if you need anything. So oh, damn. amazing. See you all later. Bye. Thanks, Carly.